Welcome to another audio podcast from Christchurch Christian Centre.org. Going to read to you from uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, some words that uh, you will be familiar with, I'm sure. Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and reading from verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom, and he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. Most of us would be very familiar with this uh, passage of scripture and you would also know that um, it's taken from Isaiah chapter 61. I'll just read you the first verse from Isaiah 61, which says this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. This morning I want us to just to be looking uh, at the Lord Jesus for a few minutes together and to think about this scripture which he said in Luke's gospel is recorded as saying today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing or in, before your eyes. Isaiah, uh, when prophesying in, in, in chapter 61, some people think he was addressing the uh, people of Judah who were exiled to Babylon a a couple of hundred years after this prophecy. But he was really speaking about Jesus, as Jesus confirms in Luke's Gospel. Jesus interprets Isaiah by saying, this refers to me. This is about me. And when we look at Jesus, one of the things that happens is the eyes of our heart get opened wider. And we see more of what God is like, and we see more about how much God loves us. And we also see, as we look at Jesus, we see more of of his wonderful power and grace. And in this passage, there's a very summarized account of what Jesus did when he was here on earth and what he now does through us, the church, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I told Stephen what I was going to be speaking about, which is why our first three songs this morning, or our, our third, second, third, and fourth songs this morning, refers specifically to the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, in most of your Bibles, the word Lord in Isaiah 61 is in capitals. 
That's because the translators wanted to make sure we understood that the word used there is the word that they uh, had for Jehovah, the Almighty God, the Creator God, the Sovereign God, <clears throat> the Supreme One. And so Isaiah prophesies and Jesus read, the Spirit of the Almighty God, the Sovereign God, the Supreme One is on me. That's what's meant here. And the Holy Spirit, we know, is God. It's the third person of the Trinity. And he was present and active in creation. In the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, it says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So you have this picture, God's created heaven and earth, but there's no detail in it. It's without form and it's void. Some suggest it was chaotic. Well, God doesn't create chaos, he creates order. And as he made the heavens and the earth, he hadn't finished, he'd just begun. And then when he spoke, let there be, the Holy Spirit went into action. And the Almighty Spirit of God brought to pass the creation that you and I see and enjoy. This sovereign spirit is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. In Romans chapter 1, we read that through the spirit of holiness, this is the Holy Spirit, Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, was raised from death by the Spirit. So we don't fully understand exactly all that happened, but Jesus died, was laid, laid in the tomb, and at some point, the Spirit of God came and raised the Son of God to life. It's, it's paradoxical that the Son of God, uh, God incarnate, would be able to die. But he died on the cross and was raised by the Spirit. And this Spirit, this Holy Spirit, is in us. Verse 11 of Romans 8 says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And we use this verse, we understand this verse to mean life now and life hereafter. God will raise us from death. And he'll do it by the spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead who dwells in us will bring life to our mortal bodies. Now, if you want healing, we pray for you because the spirit can give you healing. We prayed for Neil this morning because we believe the Spirit of God can touch him and make him better. But once we've died and resurrection comes, the Spirit will raise us to life. This is the Spirit of God that was upon Jesus. He said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. So this Sovereign Spirit was upon Jesus, the Lord Almighty. Now this... <coughs> occurred for a reason. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach. That's where it starts. For a reason. The Spirit of God was on Jesus so that he could preach good news to the poor. Now we understand poverty. <clears throat> we, we know what it is to be in want. We also know of those who are in desperate need. By the way, Barama, thanks you very much for your giving. I think we've given, as a church now, well over £600 to the feeding program. And that's feeding 26 people so far for 74 days that will cover. And he sent me some photographs and he wanted to convey his thanks to you for your generosity. 
And obviously it's an ongoing thing, so in due course we'll keep, we'll keep giving to him uh, as we can. But it's, we understand poverty. But the real poverty is the poverty of spirit, the poverty in heart where people are so far from God that they're broken and crushed and bowed down and are poor. And Jesus, the Spirit of God was on Jesus to preach good news to them. You who are down, God loves you. You who are broken, God will make you whole, and so on. And this is why the Spirit was on Jesus. And this is why the Spirit's on us, the church, to convey good news. Yesterday, David was sitting there with our tracts and literature and was able to have some conversations with people to bring some good news to them, that God loves them, and so on and so forth. And one person who came in who was an atheist, um, you were able to speak to, weren't you, David? And I gave her, gave, gave her a track. Good news to those who are poor in spirit. So for a reason. Then he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And we know at his baptism, uh, John was baptizing in the wilderness and Jesus came to him. And it says in Luke's gospel, when all the people were being baptized, this is Luke chapter 3, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven came. You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So we know the Spirit of God came upon Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist saw it. Very interesting. Not everybody would have seen it. But John saw it. He said this, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. So John's baptizing in water. Jesus came to John and said, I must be baptized also. And John said, no, no, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, it's right to fulfill all righteousness. I must do this as well. Not because Jesus had sinned at all. John's baptism was a baptism unto repentance. But because God was calling people to be baptized. And Jesus, in our place, if you like, was baptized. He, he, he followed God's instructions perfectly. And was baptized. And as he was baptized, as he came up out of the water, John saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And John said, This I would not have known him except that the one who sent me, God who sent me to baptize with water, told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And John said, I've seen and testify that this is the Son of God. And so John. He recognized Jesus, but especially so because he saw the Spirit come down upon Christ. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives. In John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 34, tells us that God gave Christ the Spirit without limit. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. This is for a reason, to proclaim freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to perform the job that God had given Jesus, because the Lord had anointed him. We know what it is to anoint somebody. Um, The scriptural picture is that they would take some oil, And they would rub it on a person or smear it over them. 
and it was done to consecrate them to the job that God had given them to do. So when God called somebody to do a job, they would be anointed with oil. And Jesus, it says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And so Christ preached the gospel to the poor, bound up the brokenhearted, and proclaimed freedom to those who were under the devil's torment and pressure. And Jesus did that. He went around doing good and delivering, healing all those who were under the power of the devil. Anointed for a reason. In the Old Testament, we see pictures of the anointing taking place. The priests were anointed in Exodus 40, uh, 9 and 10. It says this, 9, 10 and 15 says this, Take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and everything in it. Consecrate it and all its furnishings and it will be holy. Then anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils. Consecrate the altar and it will be most holy. Then verse 15 says, anoint them just as you anointed their father. They had to anoint, Moses had to anoint Aaron and his sons. So they may serve me as priests. Their anointing will be to a priesthood and they will continue for all generations to come. So what happened was that God gave Moses instructions about the tabernacle, about the altars, about the bath that was used for the ceremonial washing. And when Moses had had all those things made, God then said, you must make some special holy anointing oil. You must take this oil and you must rub it on the things that are used. So if God had told us to make this pulpit uh, and we were living in those days, he would have said, anoint the pulpit, take some oil, anoint it, it will become a holy thing used by God. And the same with the tabernacle and the utensils and the same with the priests. They were anointed and made holy so that they could do their job. Well, Jesus was already holy because he never sinned, but he was anointed so that he would enter into the job that he was given to do. And you and I also are anointed to do the job that God's given us to do. Yesterday, it was lovely to see the church at work, each one doing different things, carrying out our tasks as we sought to serve God. The anointing was uh, something that wasn't just done when the tabernacle was set up. It carried on. God would say to the prophets, take some oil, anoint so-and-so to be king. And uh, after King Saul uh, lost his throne or was, was, was God decided to put somebody in his place, the prophet Samuel was told to go and anoint David. This is what it says in 1 Samuel. It says, the Lord said to Samuel... How long will you mourn for Saul since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. And it says later on in that chapter, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. Samuel then went to Ramah. He had to take the oil, as God had said. He went, found David, poured the oil on him, anointing him with oil, setting him apart to be the king in place of King Saul. And from that day, the Spirit of God came upon him. 
And for you and for me, as God anoints us, the Spirit of God comes on us. He sets us apart for his own use. He sets us apart to serve him. He makes us holy through the blood of Jesus and fills us with his Holy Spirit to do the job he's given us to do in power. This anointing is for a reason. Jesus was to proclaim freedom to captives, bind up broken hearts, preach the gospel to the poor, and declare the prison open to those who were bound up. And he did that. We know as we follow in the gospels, we see what Jesus was like, how he acted, how he operated. He brought the kingdom of God. He healed the sick. He opened blind eyes and he proclaimed good news. The kingdom has come. You no longer have to go through life. However many years you've gone through life, you no longer have to go through life crushed, broken, separated from God. Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly, that we might receive the Holy Spirit, be full of him, full of power to do the job that God has given us to do. And thank God that's what happens. We're anointed. Christ was anointed and we are anointed. Some of you will be familiar with the scriptures at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, Dr. Luke, who wrote Acts, records the fact that Jesus said, stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed or endued with power from on high. You will be baptized in the Spirit not many days from now. And they waited. They waited until the day of Pentecost had fully come. And then God sent the Spirit. We sang about it. Here comes the fire. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And they were told, you will be my witnesses. Witnesses here in Jerusalem, (coughs) Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's what we do. That's what we're about. And we seek to preach good news to the poor and to bring healing to the brokenhearted and to bring release for captives and to tell people, you can come out of prison. You don't have to stay in prison. The prison's open. Jesus opened the door. The wonderful picture as he rose triumphant from death. The door is open and he led captivity captive. And this is what's been entrusted to us. This is the reason why we are anointed by God to perform this task. Now, telling the gospel and sharing the gospel, we don't always find terribly easy. Some folk are... uh, better better able to do that than others. And um, I thought I would just put a little something into your hands today to help you uh, let this anointing flow. See, we are, God's chosen us to speak, to speak good news. He's chosen us to tell you, um, Steve, would you do me a favour? Would you give everybody one of these? This is a little something just to help you. You can fold it up, you can put it in your pocket. Or you can put it in your handbag. And um, because the anointing's on us, God will give us opportunities to use this. This is just a very simple way of telling people how they can get to heaven. Telling people about the love of God. You need, if when you get it, you just fold it like a concertina. It's really simple. And it's designed to make it easy for us to tell the good news. Some of you are already very proficient at at that, I may not need one. 
So you just fold it up like a concertina, and you'll see on one side there are simple pictures, a heart, a cross, or an X, and then a cross, and then a question mark. And on the back is the gospel message. It tells you how God loves you and how to get to heaven. Very simple. And obviously, it, it, it's really plain. The, the, the heart, it really says God loves you. You know, if you're going to preach good news to the poor, you, you don't need to be technical. You can just say God loves you. I want you to know God loves you. He loves everybody. Whoever will may come. You just sense this, this wonderful news. It's wonderful, isn't it? God loves you. And then the next one, which is the, the, the X, we, I used to get them at school quite a lot. <laughs> Uh, in red ink, we had one teacher, his name was Jim Hasdell. He was a ex-RAF and had the moustache and everything. He used to wear white socks. That's one of the things that sticks in my mind most of all. And he was our English master. And my English was appalling, at least my spelling was appalling. And um, he used to put lots of these on my pay- pages. And every one meant I lost a mark, so that by the time my essays were marked, there were hardly any marks left. I couldn't be bothered to look up the words. But X means you got it wrong. God loves you, but you got it wrong. You sinned. You don't, you, you don't even have to hardly say anything. People say, what's that? I heard that these, these were drawn on the beach, just drawn on the beach by somebody, and he sat there waiting. People came along and said, what's that? You got it wrong. You sinned. Everyone's sinned. Everyone's got it wrong. But the next one is the cross. Jesus died on the cross to take away your sin because God loves you so much. It's really simple, isn't it simple? It's nothing about you being good or you doing good things. It's about believing in Jesus who died on the cross to take your sin away. And then the fourth one's the question mark. What, what are you going to do about that? You tell them the message and then you, you bring them to the point. What are you going to do about it? You need to decide to follow Jesus. You need to ask Jesus to forgive your sin, to thank him for dying for you, and you need to decide to follow Jesus. That's how you get to heaven. It's really simple. And I trust that if you take it and you pray, Lord, give me someone to give this to and explain it to this week. And come back next week and tell me. Some of you, you'll have some really good stories. Because we're anointed to preach good news to the poor. The Spirit of God is on us. Just as it was on Jesus, just as the Holy Spirit was on Jesus, he is upon us because we've been anointed to preach good news to the poor. The Lord Jesus Christ carries on his work through the church. John's Gospel says, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon Jesus and now upon us to do the work that God's called us to do, starting with proclaiming good news for the poor. May God bless you, every one of you. Amen. Amen.